And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. Who's that strange-looking man, Benji? That's Carl. I met him at the lines, you man. Sam, sweetheart. Don't know what to do, Rabbi. Every night he listens to the radio. I can't keep him away. The Lone Ranger, uh, the Shadow, the Master Avenger. Uh, this is not good. It tends to induce bad values, false dreams, lazy habits. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents the best in classic radio. This hour on Hollywood 360 will conclude the Burns and Allen show with guest Charles Boyer from 1943. Then Jack Crucian stars in a tale well calculated to keep you in suspense from 1955. And with me is my producer and engineer, Mike Gastella. What's up, Mike? Hey, Carl. Well, last time we tuned in to Burns and Allen, Part 1. We have Part 2 now. Special guest is Charles Boyer. Let's go back to November 30th, 1943, for the Burns and Allen Show. Well, Charles Boyer has just arrived at the Burns' home, still under the impression that Gracie is the daughter of his old friend... And the George is in the wine business. Why, Charles Boyer. How do you do? Uh, your wife is expecting me. Really? Well, come in. Thank you. Your wife is a remarkable woman. She speaks English awfully well, don't you think? Why, uh, yeah, I, I have no trouble understanding her. <laughs> oh, she told me about the business you're in. It must be fascinating. Oh, sure. We have our good years and bad years, of course. Well, naturally. I understand that uh, 1927 was the finest recent year. 1927? (laughs) Yeah, I did pretty well that year. (laughs) Made a big success in Altoona. Altoona? I'm not familiar with it. Is it anything like uh, Sauterne? Sauterne? Well, that's a new one on me. Is it, uh, is it near Scranton? <laughs> well, possibly, but uh, it's closer to Claret. <laughs> one of us must be on a detour. Perhaps I can clear it up. Is this Altoona light? Well, it's light in the daytime, and... <laughs> Then it gets pretty dark. Light and dark? I don't think I would like this, Altoona. Well, it didn't seem bad in 1927, but uh, I like Bridgeport better. Which port? Bridgeport. It had more bright lights. Oh. Oh, more sparkle, hmm? Yeah, you could put it that way. Well, this Bridgeport must be similar to Champagne. Well, Champagne is a lot further west, Illinois. Oh, naturally, you mean the American Champagne. Oh, yes. Ever been in it? Been in it? Don't tell me people bathe in Champagne. Well, uh, why not? They bathe in Altoona. But 
don't, uh, don't the bubbles tickle? <laughs> the bubbles? Yes. Didn't you ever hear of bubbles in champagne? No, but I knew a girl named Ginger in Peoria. <laughs> now, look. I'm speaking of champagne, the wine. Now, you seem rather tense for a man who is in the wine business. I'm not in the wine business. Well, that's funny. Your wife told me that you... Mr. Boyer, I'm so glad to see you. Gracie, did you tell Mr. Boyer I was in the wine business? The, uh, oh, no, no. I meant I used to be in it. I used to press the grapes with my little bare feet. But George was never in the wine business. Oh, what a pity. He could have made a fortune with those feet of his. <laughs> Gracie, you used to press grapes no, with your feet? No, please, George, please. Mr. Boyer wants to discuss our play. He's going to be my leading man, Oklahoma Tech, a rootin' tootin' cowboy. Now, uh, you know, never in my life have I rooted or tooted. <laughs> Gracie, I thought I was going to play tech. Oh, yes, let your husband play the part, Mrs. Burns. I really don't believe I'm the type for a cowboy part. Oh, Mr. Boyer, you'd be a perfect cowboy. Well, you, you've even got the eyes for it. Big, dark, brown eyes, just like a cow's. Oh. <laughs> well, all right. I'll do it for you, Papa. Oh, you, you, you know Gracie's old man? My best friend. Gracie, where did Mr. Boyer oh, meet you? Oh, thank goodness. I mean, somebody's at the door. Come in. Greetings, good people. Oh, hello, Mr. Bolingbroke. Uh, did you finish the play? Oh, yes. Here are the copies of the script. Still damp with the dew of my genius. Oh, good. Mr. Bolingbroke, this is our new leading man, Charles Boyer. How do you do? Sir, permit me to assure you that it is an honor and a privilege to meet such a celebrated actor as Nigel Bolingbroke. <laughs> oh, murder. Here's your script, Charlie. And yours, Mrs. B. Hey, how about me? Haven't I got a part? Uh, no. However, I might create a role for you. Uh, is your wallet on your person? <laughs> oh, it's in the den. Then let us wend our way thither, eh? I create so much better in the presence of money. <laughs> okay, come on. Now, uh, Mrs. Burns, uh, forgive me if I seem to doubt, but are you sure that you are the daughter of Pierre Dumont? Oh, absolutely. Well, have you got a picture of him? A picture? Yes, a picture. Oh, oh, a picture. Uh, uh, is that him on the wall? No, that's Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> oh, no, no, I meant the other wall. Oh, that's George Washington. Well, you're very well educated, aren't you? Oh, but I assure you, Mr. Boyer, I am Marie Dumont. Well, is there someone who could confirm your story? I mean, some Frenchman who knew you and your father back in France? Some Frenchman? Oh, hello, well, Gracie. I... Oh, you, you have company. Why, Marcel Goodwin. <laughs> huh? Hello, Marcel. Oh, Gracie, it's just a finger wave. <laughs> hey, uh, isn't this Charles Boyer? Oh, you see, Mr. Boyer, that proves he's a Frenchman. He, he recognized you. Um, Mr. Boyer, I want you to meet Marcel Goodwin, who knew my father, Pierre Dumont, and who will tell you that I'm his daughter and who probably can't stay long after he tells you. Oh, uh, well, 
How do you do, Mr. Boyer? Bonjour, Marcel. Bonjour. Comment ça va? Huh? Very bien. And, and who no longer speaks French? Well, well, Mr. Goodwin. So you knew my old friend, Pierre Dumont. Well, so I've been told. I mean, uh, uh, yes, I've been told that you know him, too. How did he look when you last saw him? Um, well, I tell you, I had to talk to him through the door. He was, um, he was taking a bath. Oh, now what did he say? Well, he said, uh, said, um, Marcel, he said, this is the greatest soap I ever bathed with. <laughs> and I said, well, sure, Pierre, that's Swan, the new white floating soap. <laughs> he said, is it, Marcel? And I said, of course, Pierre. And Swan's not only great for your bath, but just the soap for bathing the baby. And it's great for dishes or light laundry. Swan is four swell soaps in one. <laughs> Pierre loved his bath. Oh, didn't he, though? Well, so much for Papa. Goodbye, Marcel. No, 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 wait. Uh, how about Madame Dumont? Of course, you saw her. Um, well, uh, yes, uh, she was bathing, too. <laughs> in the same tub? Oh, uh, Papa was a great one to save water. Uh, well, no, you see, what I meant was he was bathing the baby in the, in the nursery. Oh, I see. And what did Madame Dumont say to you? Well, she said, Marcel, this is the greatest soap I ever bathed the baby with. <laughs> and I said, oh, sure, Madame, that's Swan. Doctors recommend Swan for bathing the baby. It's pure as fine cash steals, and it's also so mild, it's kind even to a little baby's tender skin. And then I said, and remember, madame, since Swan is so mild, well, it's just well for your hands and face, your complexion. And she said, oui, oui. Oui, oui, yeah. Pocketive woman, madame Dumont. Well, so much for mama. Goodbye, myself. No, no, wait. Didn't they speak of me? Oh, yes, of course they did. We, we talked about nothing else. Oh, and what did they say? Well, they said, um... Marcel, when you see Charles, tell him that Swan breaks in two. <laughs> tell him he can put half in the bathroom for his hands and face tub or shower, and half in the kitchen for his dishes and light laundry. Well, au revoir, Charles. Au revoir, Marie. Oh, thank you, Marcel. Well, Mr. Boyacy, now, do you believe me? Well, I would still like to know. Well, Mrs. Burns, everything is settled. For an additional three dollars, I created a splendid part for your husband. Yeah. As the curtain goes up, I sing a cowboy song off stage. <laughs> all right, all right, let's start. Curtain, music burns. I'm heading for the last roundup. Da da la da la da da la da da la da dee. Gonna saddle old plane for the last time and is that absolutely necessary? Oh, oh, of course. It's mood music. Oh, but don't you think he mood a little too loud? <laughs> and now we are ready for the first scene. You see, and Oklahoma Tex are sitting in front of the ranch house. You see, speak. Uh, Tex, it's a lovely evening, isn't it? Well, go ahead, Mr. Boyer. Oh, no, look, uh, please, I... I don't think this part is for me. Oh, it's perfect for you. Now, come on. Uh, Tex, it's a lovely evening, isn't it? I reckon... <laughs> as how it is, ma'am, that there sure is a right purty sunset. <laughs> Brother. Tex, if I ask you something, will you answer me true? We all ain't in the habit of lying down home in Texas, ma'am. <laughs> this is the greatest thing since the invention of tear gas. George, please. Tex, I, I want to 
want the truth. Do you really, honest and truly love me? Oh, Gracie, this next line is too much. No, I just... Oh, I just can't... What would Papa say? Oh, right. Oh, go on. A text. I want the truth. Do you really, honest and truly love me? I sure do, gal. <laughs> I got... I got the doggonest hankering for you. See, I'm sorry, but I cannot do this play, really, even for the daughter of my best friend. Say, that's been bothering me. Where did you know Gracie's father? Well, he lived outside of Paris. Sure. He lived in San Francisco. Well, he's not outside of Paris. <laughs> Gracie, your old man has never been out of this state. So, my suspicions were correct. You are not the daughter of Pierre Dumont. Of course not. She's Jughead Allen's daughter. <laughs> Oh, you've been up to your old tricks again, huh, Gracie? Well, I just did it so Mr. Boyer would play Oklahoma Tech, but I guess I was wrong. You certainly were. I'll apologize to him. Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Boyer. And besides, you're much too fine an actor, much too handsome and romantic to play Oklahoma Tech. You wouldn't be believable as such a stupid character. <laughs> oh, thank you. Here, George, you've got your cup of your part back. <laughs> George, guess who's going to be on our program next week? Ida Lupino. Really? Yeah, and I'll tell you something amazing. Ida and I were in the tea room last week, and the fortune teller told Ida that she'd meet one of the most handsome and charming men in the world on our program next Tuesday night. Oh, Gracie, you know how those fortune tellers exaggerate. Oh, I don't know, George. Bill Goodwin is pretty cute. <laughs> The makers of Swan, New White Floating Soap, join George and Gracie in inviting you to tune into your Columbia station again next week, same time, when our program will originate from the Naval Air Station, Terminal Island. We'll have as our guest Ida Lupino the following week, Harry Grant. Remember, George Burns and Gracie Allen, CBS next Tuesday night. Now, until next Tuesday, this is Bill Goodwin saying, Well, I, Swan, how about you? Good night. And that's the Burns and Allen Show. From November 30th, 1943, special guest Charles Boyer, sponsored by Swan Soap, is heard on CBS. When we come back from the break, it's suspense. Don't go away. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Welcome back. I'm Carl Amari. This is Hollywood 360. Make sure you check out our website at Hollywood360radio.com. We have a great podcast there. All kinds of other fun stuff. But right now it's time for a tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. This is called A Present for Benny. It stars Jack Crucian. Let's go back to December 13, 1955 for Suspense. And now... Tonight's presentation of radio's outstanding theater of thrills, Suspense. Tonight, 
we bring you a story of Christmas shopping and a present that went astray. We call it A Present for Benny. So now, starring Jack Crucian, here is tonight's suspense play, A Present for Benny. Honey lamb. Uh, they got a gorgeous ermine on sale at Halgrim's. Just gorgeous, look. Later, later. Give me the rest of the mail. Mm. And not the bills. Sure, baby doll. Oh, honey pot, it's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Like the stuff you got in that big mm-hmm. job last month. Mm-hmm. I got a... Something wrong, lover. Shut up. Are you call me, boss? Who call you? You want to get thrown out the window? He's all upset, Swifty, on account of a letter. Sure, I'm upset. Yeah, you listen to this. Dear Ricky, I'm sending you this letter like kind of a Xmas greeting. I got a holiday feeling in me, so I'm going to give you the news straight. Me and my boys is the ones who hijacked that load of furs from you last month. Because you were a dirty, no-good fink, I'm stating to you that there ain't no room for the two of us in this town. So me and the boys is moving you out. You were a big chiseler, and if you don't drop dead when you read this, me and the boys will pump you full of lead next time we see you. Yours truly, and a Merry Xmas, Machine Gun Benny. He's a dirty rat. Baby, honey, you could give it to me for Christmas. It's only two G's, and it's just gorgeous. But will you shut your trap? I got enough trouble. Boss, boss, what are you going to do? What do you think? What do you think? Go call the boys. Sure. No. Wait a minute. We got to do this careful. You don't want no open war, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean, boss. Just a couple of us. See, two good heads, and you and me. Yeah, that's the best. Yeah, yeah, sure, that's the best. Uh-huh. Artie the Grunt. Yeah, yeah, Artie. And uh, No Nose Firebush, that's it, just them. Artie the Grunt and No Nose Firebush. Okay, Rick. That small-time thing. Sure, there's room for only one of us, and he's going to find out which one it is. You tell him, honey lamb. Didn't I tell you to make me a drink? No. You calling me a liar? Honey lamb, I ain't calling you a liar. You never told me to make you a drink, did he, Swifty? I told you to make me a drink a minute ago. I got ears. You never told me... I'm telling you again, go make me a drink. Okay, okay. Big thing. Giving orders like a general or something. And don't get so smart! Dumb dame. Okay, Swifty. You get the boys over here. We gotta have us a conference. Now, the way I see it, it's Machine Gun Benny or me, see? And it's going to be me. Yeah, right. Yeah. Sure, He boy. wants trouble. He found the right party. You want uh, You want we should go over and rub him out, boss? What's the matter with you, No Nose? He may be stupid, but he ain't dumb. Yeah, that's what he figures. We'll go gunning on him. That's what he figures, see? Yeah. So we ain't going to. We're going to play it smart. Artie. Hmm? You got any ideas? Uh, I do. No nose. Well, cheap boss, you don't want to use no choppers. Gee, how about a good old ride? Dope. 
How you gonna get at him for a ride? What a dope. Honey, love. What? What? Look, don't bother me, I've will you? I got just a present I'm gonna buy you. Good, good. That's good. Now shut up, boss. I got a thought. Maybe we could send this bum a bomb, maybe, huh? You can't send no bomb through the mail. You know that. It's against the law. Ain't you guys got any... Whoa. Wait a minute. Yeah? I got something. What, boss? How's about we could send him a little present, huh? What do you want you should send him a present for? A Xmas present. See, all wrapped up with paper and ribbon and everything. Icebox about, oh, about this big and this wide. And when he opens it, boom. But... Boss, you just said we couldn't Not send Not through the mail. From the store. From... Hey, Mill. Mill, what's the name of that store you always buy in that? Halgrim. Oh. Hey, you're going to buy me that almond? Go make me a drink. Make for the boys, too. Oh, gee whiz. Okay. Halgrim's, yeah, that's a place. Real high class. Yeah, I like that. I like that. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Benny. Boom! <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Boss, you figure he'll fall for this, you figure? Sure he would. We get the store to deliver it. How's he going to suspect? Well, how are we going to get him to deliver it, Boss? No, we don't worry about now. It gets delivered. Artie. Mm-hmm. You got to make us for a bomb. Sure. The old-fashioned kind. You know, a lot of broken glass and nails. Sure. What'd he say? Yeah, yeah, he says he can make it. Oh. Okay, now you take care of that, and I want it day after tomorrow. All right, all right. Now you make it a ticker, see, but don't set nothing until we're ready. Yeah, yeah, Rick, I gotta hand it to you. You're a genius. Yeah. You are a genius. Boys, ain't he a genius? Yeah, yeah. genius. He's genius, got yeah. the Christmas spirit, too. It's better to give than to receive. <laughs> okay, okay, now shut up. We gotta figure out a plan for the store to deliver it. Yeah, we gotta figure. <laughs> That's the first portion of Suspense. More after these words. back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Now back to Suspense. Oh, honey lamb, ain't you coming to bed? No, I ain't coming to bed. But it's 2 o'clock a.m. I'm tired. Go make some coffee. Honey. Sandwiches, too. I'm hungry. Why don't you finish thinking tomorrow so I can get some sleep? Don't you never think about nothing else but sleeping? Sure. I've been thinking all day about that ermine and Halgrims I was telling you of. Baby, oh, baby. I love you, baby. I love you. I love you, too, honey lamb. So why don't we hey, just... Hey, hey, snap to... out of it, boys. Sorry, come on, wake up. Swift it. Hey, wake up. Fellas, I got it. What? What? Mill is going to get an ermine from Halgrims. Oh, baby doll. Will you get your claws off of me and make some coffee? Now listen, boys. Here's how we do it. Hey, 
Feel gorgeous, honey. Oh, just simply gorgeous. Feel the Pelsa. Notice the sheen. I felt that I seen it too. Jesus, too much. I'll give you 1500 Oh, I'm sorry, sir. It's been marked down from 32 We positively cannot sell it for under 2000 Now, uh, we have a nice mink for 1500 Oh, Ricky, honey, don't be chintzy. It's Christmas. Will you shut your mouth and go buy your old lady something? I'll see you at the house. Ain't you going to buy it? It's so gorgeous. For 1500 I'll buy it. For two, I ain't interested. Now beat it. Oh, gee. Okay. But don't go buying me no lousy mink. You know, it gives me the hives. <laughs> She'll never die. Okay, wrap it up. You'll, you'll take the ermine, sir? Sure, I'm taking. I want to surprise her. Here. One. Two Gs. Oh, yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Uh, would you like it wrapped as a gift for the uh, lady? Yeah, I want it in a box with lots of ribbon and Xmas junk all over, you know. And I want you should give me another box the same size, see, ribbons and everything. It's going to be kind of an Xmas joke on a pal. <laughs> you get what I mean? Uh, empty box, you know. <laughs> oh, and uh, give me a couple of cards to write on. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, will you have them sent? No, I'll take them both with me. Well, it'll just take a few minutes, sir. So I'll wait. Hey, Artie, when you got the timer set for it to go off? What'd he say? He says he got it set for 23 hours. It'll go off at 4 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. Yeah, what happens if uh, he opens it before? What'd he say? He says it'll, it'll go off anyway. Oh, oh, that's good. Nice work, Artie, nice work. <laughs> hey, I bet you he opens it. Don't worry, I bet he ain't got no patience. For instance, he gets a big tree beginning of December. All the trimmings, his pals around him, a couple of cases, of old stag. Uh, Christmas presents mean something to a guy like that. It is going to this year, that is for sure. Okay, here, here. All right, now, you carry it, Swifty, and I'll take the ermine home. All right, sure, boss. Now, you know what you got to do. I am to take the bomb back to the store. There, I'm going to find a guy what sold you the ermine. Yeah, the Mr. Minchie. Minchie. Yeah. And I give him the bomb and I tell him uh, that he's to send it on to Benny. And you tell him it's the gag that I was talking about. You give him a C-note for doing you the favor, right? I got it. Okay. Artie, uh, when you get through cleaning up, come over to my place. We'll play some poker tonight, okay? Yeah. yeah. Uh, see you, Artie. <laughs> uh, he's a good boy, that Artie. You know, I'm going to get him one of the new 45s for Xmas. Hey, that'd be nice, boss. He sure yeah. likes them. Me, I like a 38 better. Don't make as big a hole, but it don't weigh you down so much. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. Here, will you hold my box a minute? I want to get a cigarette. Sure, boss. Boss, look out! It's Benny! Get out! Boss, that was close. Oh, that's no good, dirty no good. Uh, Benny, he was not kidding about his kidney. And me, I wasn't kidding about getting him. I wait five minutes, and you take the bomb down the store, like I said. Uh, boss? Uh, Which one of you got? Uh, you got the bomb or Mills Ehrman? Uh, oh, should I know? You were holding them when we hit the dirt. I just picked one up, we come back in here. They sure do look alike. Listen, you stupid dope. You got to mix up the packages. But boss, what would a chopper go on? I... 
I just didn't notice. Oh, I ought to give you such a hit. What are we going to do now? You got me, but I guess they weigh about the same. So we cannot tell that way. Boss, maybe we should have put different colored ribbons on them. Uh, so as we could tell. Yeah, no, now you're getting smart. Now, now he thinks of it. Oh, come on. We're going back up to Artie's? Yeah, he'll open them up, find them on with the bomb, and then we'll wrap them up again. Oh, sure, Rick. Sure. That's Benny. You know, I should have rubbed him out a long time ago. You know, boss, I sure wish I could be there and see his face when he opens up the bomb. Yeah. You know, it's too bad he will not get time to read the card as to who it is from. Artie, open up. It's Rick. You got us some trouble? Yeah. We had some trouble. Benny and some of his boys as we was walking out. They missed. Well, we ain't gonna. Jerky here got the packages mixed up, though. You gotta open up and see which is which. Hmm? Well, come on, come on. Well, you're over there room. So open it up so it don't blow up. You can't. What do you mean you can't? What are you nuts? How am I gonna know which one you send that rat? Mm-hmm. Boss. Boss, maybe we could have thrown a bomb in the river. Then it would be okay. Oh, sure. Oh, boy. What a schnook. We throw the airman in the river, too. What? You know which is the bomb? Uh, I forgot that. On account of you, I'm going to be out two G's. And you know what? It comes out of your cut on the next job we do. We got to send boat boxes to Benny now. Boss, maybe the airman won't blow up when he does, and then we can take it back from his tomato after he is buried. Swifty, do me a favor. Stop making me feel so good before I kick your brains in. Now, look, you take them boxes back to the store. Get them sent out right away, you hear? I don't want no innocent people hurt when it goes off. You just leave it to me, boss. What'd he say? He says you really got a heart, boss. Oh. And don't either of you say nothing about the arm in the mill, see, or I'll have to get her another one. Oh, I won't say nothing. Me neither, me neither. Okay, Swifty, now get going. I'll see you both back at my place. Yeah. Oh, me and Nono's just having a game with you, and I couldn't wait for you to get back to you. I love you. Did you get it? What? The Iman. No. Go make me a drink. Oh, baby lamp. You didn't really? Oh, you're kidding. You're going to make it a surprise. It ain't going to be no surprise on account of I didn't get it. Now go make me a drink. Hey, Nono's. Yeah, boss. Gee, I bought you a pretty... Oh, well, you're sure going to look like something in it. Oh, wait till you see. Okay, okay. Guess what I got to get. Look, I don't feel like no games. It's been a tough day. I'm tired. Do me a favor. Make me a drink. Then go to a movie or something, will you? Gee. Yeah, Rick? Where was I? Oh, 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 oh yeah. Look, uh, you better call the rest of the boys and tell them that Benny's our gunner for us. Tell them to stay hit out until they hear from me. See, and I don't want no trouble with the D.A. He's up for re-election. You got Benny's presence and off okay, huh? Yeah. Boy, when he croaks, he'll die laughing if he opens the other box first. The other box? Yeah, I'll tell you about it when Mill's gone out. Oh. Yeah. Boss, this is Swifty. Yeah? You've got nothing to worry about. Everything is taken care of. The stuff goes off the first thing in the morning. Okay, come on back. Sure, Rick. I just thought that you should like to know. So long. Artie, what do you call these? Well, like what? I asked for three-minute boil. These ain't even born yet. Well, I cook a huh? 
Ain't you never going to learn how to boil an egg? I'll fix you some more. I ain't hungry. Forget it. Artie, what time is it? Look, Bill. No, it ain't, Artie. It's 1.30, boss. Benny should have got the bomb by now. Of course you want I should call him and, and, and kind of ask after his help? No, no, no. If he ain't got it yet, he might get suspicious. Oh, boy, it's waiting. You know, it's making a nervous wretch out of me. Just take it easy. It'll go off. If you don't want eggs, honey, how about some nice hot coffee, lover? Okay, okay. You'll feel better when, when you see what I've got for you. They're sending it today. Yeah, okay. Should I open it, boss? Yeah, I'll cover you. Oh, you're so nervous all of a sudden this morning, honey. All right, all right, I'm nervous. Well, who is it? No knows. I'll let him in. What do you say, boss? What's in the package? Hmm? Oh, this? Well, it just come up for you uh, from Hargram's. Elevator was bringing it up. Oh, now, don't you spoil it, honey lamb. That's my present to you. You can take the wrapping paper off, but you can't open the box. we got to put it under the tree when we get the tree. Hey, boss. Huh? That box looks awful familiar. Yeah. Mill, you sure you bought this yesterday? Sure, I'm sure. Looks just like the ones we sent to Benny, don't it? Same size, same ribbon, same everything. It kind of makes you wonder. Don't be silly. They got millions of boxes like this. Oh, it happens there's something very special in there for my sweetie lamb. What's in it? Go ahead and open it. Go ahead. No, no, I'll wait. I ain't like Benny. I can wait. Oh, honey, you open it. It's okay. I'll get you something else to open on Christmas. Oh, sure. Why not, boss? You need something to make you feel good. I feel good now. I don't want to feel no better. Oh, and I thought you'd like it so much. You'd go with me and maybe buy a chinchilla they got on sale at Hogram's. It's only 1500 Just what you wanted to pay for the ointment. I like chinchilla. Come on, boss. Open it up. Open it, open it, open it. All right, all right. I'll open it. Hey, Swifty, go get it. Sure, boss. Oh, I can't wait for the lid to come off. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, well, wait a minute. Wait, wait a minute. Boss? Uh, it's that uh, guy at the store, Hogram. Ominchi? Uh, yeah. You want me to open it for you, honey? No. Yeah. Uh, Mr. McQueen? Yeah. Uh, this is Mr. Minchie in the fur department at Halgrim's. So? Uh, Mr. McQueen, I'm, I'm terribly sorry, but I, I think there's been a mistake. What, what kind of mistake? What do you mean? Well, a, a little confusion, but I'm sure it can be easily rectified. Your wife bought something for you yesterday, which was to be delivered this morning. Yeah, yeah, it's already come. Uh, yes, well, <laughs> there seems to have been an error made in the shipping department, a matter of mislaid address slips. Now, I wonder if you'd mind opening the package which you just received. Or perhaps since it's a Christmas parcel and a surprise for you, no doubt, your wife would rather do it. Well, why? What's wrong with it? Well, uh, you see, those two boxes which your uh, your man uh, brought in yesterday afternoon haven't gone out yet. They were to be sent to Mr. Benjamin Mollusk, I believe it is. Yeah? I think the gift which you have is one of those and, uh, <laughs> well, yours is his. That is, if you follow me. Now, if you'd open it, I'm sure... Boss, there's something wrong? Hey, you're pale. You sick? 
What's the time? That's a quarter to two. Ain't you going to open your present? Don't nobody touch that box. It's loaded. The bomb? Yeah, the bomb. Of course, it could have been this... You shut up, Swifty. I got enough trouble without her hearing that. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. I get you. Are you talking about me? Get that thing out of here. Get it down to the store. I got to send a special messenger. Let him send all three boxes to that punk, Benny. What do I care? Maybe I should send him a Cadillac to go with it. You know what I think? I I think it'd be cheaper to kill myself. What's the time? Ten to four, baby. Where's that Swifty? Don't worry, he'll be here. Maybe Benny got him. Yeah, maybe I should have sent you and Artie with him. Get it, Artie. No knows a meal cover you. Me? It's me, Artie Swifty. Open up. Boss, I have got it all straightened out. Everything is okay. Boy, some dope those guys down at the store. What's that? This? Oh, this is your present that Mill got for you. I told you they have got it all straightened out okay now. You know how this Christmas rush, everybody's meshuga, you know? So now they have found the right slips, wrapped up the boxes again, and Benny's presents have been delivered right now, and this one, this is yours. You're sure this time, are you sure? Boss, would I make a lie out of myself? This box you can open, I guarantee it. Yeah, because you might not like the color I got you. So I wish you would open it. And if it ain't right, we can take it back this afternoon and you can change it and maybe take a look at chinchillas I was telling you about. Yeah, this time I'm going to wait. When Benny blows up, I open it. What's the time? That's uh, two minutes to four. You sure? Is your watch right? Well, boss, I just call a tomato on the telephone that gives you the time. Honey, Pot, you're too nervous. This ain't like you. Here, I'll open it for you. Uh, Mill, you quit that. Oh, boss. Oh, sure, take it easy, boss. You're all rot. Oh, I bet you're just going to love it. I just bet. It's about Benny. He opened it. What do you bet? Blam, right through the wall. Yeah? Rick, this is Machine Gun Benny. Benny. Listen, pal, I feel like a dirty rat. That's what I feel like, a dirty rat. When I think what I tried to do to you yesterday, and all the time you was making never minds with the presents, which I and my girl are right now wearing. I tell you, I could eat mud. Yeah. She says she never seen such a ointment. And the robe, oh, it's the greatest. Oh, pal, I am a heel. But, but, but it ain't too late to change. Hey, what do you say we bury the hatchet, eh? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll split with you and our furs I hijack from you. And we're, we're partners, you and me. Run the town together. What do you say, eh? Yeah. All right. So, you and Mill and your boys come on over and partake of some Xmas cheer. You hear me, boy? You're a great guy, Rick. The greatest. So long, pal. Merry Xmas. So long. Benny, huh? Yeah. This one's the bomb? Yeah. Too bad. What's the time? It's three minutes after four. Three after... Artie, 
The time has come and gone. How come it didn't go off? Come on, my little Chris. What do you say? He says he did not want to blow nobody up so near to Christmas. Then what's in the box? Of course you Huh? He's going to show it. Jack Crucian starred in tonight's presentation of A Present for Benny. Suspense is produced and directed by Anthony Ellis, who also wrote tonight's script. The music was composed by Renee Garrigan and conducted by Wilbur Hatch. Featured in the cast were Stacey Harris, Eve McVeigh, Benny Rubin, Junius Matthews, and Joseph Kearns. Stay tuned now for five minutes of CBS Radio News to be followed on most of these same stations by The Jack Carson Show. Thrill to Gunsmoke every Saturday and Sunday on the CBS Radio Network. And that's Suspense with a present for Benny starring Jack Crucian as heard on CBS from December 13th, 1955. Stick around. More of Hollywood 360 after these words. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Hi, Carl Amari here. During the month of May, log on to ClassicRadioStore.com and digitally download Escape Volume 1, featuring 12 exciting tales of high adventure. Escape Volume 1 is regularly priced at $19.99, but it's yours for half price, only $9.99 this month only. Also on sale during May is The Life of Riley Volume 1, featuring 12 comedy episodes starring William Bendix. The Life of Riley Volume Volume 1 is regularly priced at $19.99, but it's yours for half price, only $9.99, via digital download this month only. Visit ClassicRadioStore.com and digitally download Escape Volume 1 and The Life of Riley Volume 1 at 50% off their regular price. In June, these two collections will go back to full price, so don't miss them while they're on sale during May. Log on to ClassicRadioStore.com to order, and while you're there, download an episode of Suspense starring Cary Grant. Absolutely free as our gift to you. That's ClassicRadioStore.com Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Next week, it's Dragnet, the Phil Harris and Alice Faye Show, Casey Crime Photographer, the Screen Guild Players, the Charlie McCarthy Show, and Lights Out. For my team here at Hollywood 360, thank you all very much for tuning in. Stay safe. We'll see you next time.